Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and our Seattle Seahawks are coming off a win, a 32-28 win on the road at the Browns, their first three-game winning streak on the road since 1980. And here to join me to talk about it, Christopher Kidd from the Seahawks Man-to-Man Podcast, part of The Athletic. He's also producer of Cliff and Puck on KJR. Christopher, how you doing? Doing good, man. Thanks again for having me on. I appreciate it. Hey, after a win like this, man, we we can record all the shows on Sunday. You know, we'll do field goals. You're going to do Seahawks man-to-man with Michael Sean Dugar. This, this is a game that I think fans can can really get behind because it was just such a roller coaster of a game. How how are you feeling after a game like this? Because I, I feel like there's different ways to go. You could kind of be down because you know, they were so out of it early on, but they come back and they get the win, and it was... Uh, there's just a lot of different ways you can look at this game. Yeah, there is. And the one big takeaway that I got from this game was the adversity that the Seahawks faced. I mean, you look at the score, 20-6, to you're thinking this is not going to end well. And slowly but surely, they found their way back into the game. They made multiple plays, whether it be a punt block, a great interception that was tipped. I mean, Chateau Griffin, he he stepped up today, and he played a hell of a game. And those are the things that you look at with the Seahawks. They're still a young team in some assets on the defensive end, but on the most part, these guys stepped up today and they face adversity. And that's what it does you look for in a championship team. Can they face adversity? And when they face it, how do they respond? I think today they showed that this team can go pretty far in a playoff run once if they make it there. Right now they're sitting at five and one, great start of the season. And today they did their part. I mean, because when you saw 20 and six, what were, you, what were your initial thoughts? Oh, this game is in, they're in trouble. And then what do you know? Seahawks find a way. I'm sure Russell Wilson was encouraging those guys the whole time, and they figured out a way to win the game. And they had a lot of turnovers today, and that's what you want to see, a lot of takeaways. I'll tell you what, Christopher. It wasn't 20-6 to when the Seahawks went down. It was when they were down 14-6, to and the Browns stopped them. <laughs> and I have in my yeah. notes, I have game over, question mark, because at that point, <laughs> at that point, the, the Browns had driven down the field, scored touchdowns, and, you know, the first the first touchdown, the Seahawks respond. They come back. They miss the extra point, though, so it's still only 7-6. to six. But when they didn't respond after Mayfield went in on that 10-yard run, to me, it kind of felt like it was the, it was the Browns game in this, this week. Yeah, I, I can't even be upset with that. I hear you on that. I just thought, okay, let's see what they can do. When they, they didn't do anything, and then it was 20-6 to six before you know it. And then things slowly but surely, they figured it out. They understood that Baker had their number early, but they were able to calm down, get some pass rush, get a, get a, get, some, get huge plays. And that's what this team, they needed. They have a lot of talent defensive end, but they need guys to step up when needed the most. And I think today, T2's interception, Tedrick Thompson, that was a huge breakup there for Shaquille to get his hand in there, poke the ball out, and T2, right on time, another big play. Then you have Trey Flowers. They try to run a pick play again. I'm talking about the Browns here. They're on offense. Mm-hmm. They're trying to run a pick play to get OBJ open. Trey reads it perfectly. Unfortunately, the Browns players collide or miscommunication, however you want to put it, and Trey's in position to make a play. Tip pass, dropped by the offensive player. KJ is in the right spot, luckily enough, to make a play. The Seahawks stepped up when they needed to and made big plays, and that's what this team is also showing there were a few question marks on this defense. Hey, can they get the turnovers, get the takeaways? They're proving it right now. And against that potent offense with Nick Chubb forcing a huge fumble, that was big. Jadavion, was it Jadavion Clowney? I believe it was. Got his hand in there, forced it, and recovered it. Those are things that you're looking forward to 
as the season progresses and we're six weeks in. So if you're a Seahawks fan, you should be really excited about what you're seeing. And as the Seahawks move forward. Yeah, that was Anza that got in there for the, the, the cause fumble Anza, okay, on Chubb. Yes. And so, yeah, that was nice to see him you know, finally making a play on the football, knocking it out. You mentioned the, the Tedrick Thompson interception there, the, the Trey Flowers interception, but they only had nine points to, to show off yeah. of those big plays. And so it's still, even at halftime, it's kind of feeling like, okay, I, I know they've, they've climbed their way back into this, but it felt like they were just still leaving something on the table. And I want to go back and, and talk about that Trey Flowers interception because that was an interesting point in the game and kind of a, a heads-up move by Beckham just waiting for Flowers to get up off the ground, and then he tries to strip the football. And, you know, I, I understand what he's doing. I'm glad the officials called it the way they did because clearly Flowers had given up. He wasn't getting up to, to run the football back. He was getting up to, to celebrate, and he had been down on the ground for plenty of time. Uh, but just a heads-up play by Beckham waiting for it to happen just to see if it could go his way. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to take any advantage you can at this point. Baker's already thrown one interception. Do anything you can. I mean, at this point, the game was going back and forth. No one really had momentum, but as you can see, the Seahawks were starting to get a feel of things. They're getting comfortable. I can't blame Odell for that play. Trey Flowers again with the heads up play and was smart, stayed down. And the officials ruled him dead because at first I was wondering, oh, shoot, did he really fumble? But once they announced that, yes, he ruled him down, then great play by Trey. And I give credit for OBJ trying to make a play and get the ball back because he knew the Seahawks were starting to get a feel of things. And when the Seahawks get rolling, it's tough to stop them. And of course, we saw the game results. The Seahawks were able to pull it out on the road in Cleveland. And you mentioned Shaquille Griffin with the tip pass in the end zone. Uh, yeah. Tedrick Thompson mm-hmm. able to pick off that football. Two passes defensed on the day by Shaq Griffin. And, and here we are, back-to-back games now, where Tedrick Thompson comes up with a big play and a big catch. Yes. Tedrick is just proving that yeah, he had a bad week one, and everyone was, hey, what about Marquise Blair? <laughs> it's only one week. It's I was, I was that guy. I was that guy, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I understand. You're panicking. You want things to work out the way you have seen them. See how to get a draft pick, and Marquise Blair is a hard hitter. You think, hey, maybe you can fill the spot, but there's a reason why the Seahawks believe in Kedrick Thompson. And again, he steps up today and makes those big plays, which only proves the point of, hey, that's why we have him out there. Sure, he's going to have a bad game here and there, missed tackle, you name it. But when it comes down to it, when the game, when we need it, when the Seahawks need a big play, they're going to rely on him and Shaquille and Trey Flowers to have the right IQ to make plays as a team. And that's going back to the Legion of Bloom Day. That's what made them so special. When it was fourth and at fourth down and team was going forward to be a pass or a run, you knew that a KJ Wright a Bobby Wagner, a Earl Thomas, a Cam Chance, they're going to come up and make a play. And that's what we are seeing with this new defense. We are seeing young guys, whether it be Trey Flowers, a young guy in Shaquille Griffin, who is still progressing, and he could definitely become a premier defender in this league. We're seeing Tedrick Thompson. We're seeing these guys get comfortable in the defense and understand the scheme and what's being asked of them, and they're going out and competing. Yeah, they get a lot of yards, but you know what they also did? They came back because, as you pointed out, you circled four, it was 14 to six, and you circled that with a question mark because you were wondering, oh my gosh, is this going to be a runaway game for the Browns? But no, Seahawks gathered and rallied together, and they pulled off, pulled off a huge win with takeaways and just playing behind Russell Wilson, who again lit up the Browns. I mean, let him throw. <laughs> <laughs> And it was a huge game for Russell Wilson, 295 yards on the day, 23 completions on 33 attempts, 
uh, sacked three times for 11 yards. And really, three sacks when you have George Fant playing left tackle. You have Jamarco Jones playing right guard. You have, this is, this is not their starting offensive unit. And yet you got Miles Garrett on the other side of the football. You got Olivier Vernon and only three sacks on the day and two of those going to Miles Garrett. That, that feels like a win for the offensive line. And it helped Russell Wilson have that big day today. Completely agree. I believe Russell and the offensive line, you know, they played, ex- they played pretty well today, especially with the injuries with guys being out. I really think they stepped up big and Miles Garrett is a premier rusher. He was coming in second in the NFL in sacks. He's going to get his sacks, Yeah, but it's what you do after that sack. How do you bounce back? How do you get guys open? How do you make it that way? Russ doesn't get hit every time by him. And I think for the most part, to your point, they figured it out and they got it done. And that's what you want to see. The offensive line is banged up and we'll see what happens as the season progresses. But if you are watching Seahawks football after this game going forward, you have to be pretty impressed with what they put out today. As you mentioned, only three sets for minus 11 yards. That's not bad. I mean, usually Seahawks are giving up seven, eight sacks, <laughs> but Russ was able to, I mean, there are times, there was a play in, I believe in the fourth quarter where he just called hike and he just took off Yeah, because he knew uh, no one's open. I'm just, I'm going for it. And he, and that's what Russ is capable of doing. And he's also just amazing at throwing the football, which I don't know how, what else we can say here. Hasn't done an interception all season. The guy is MVP caliber and we'll see what happens. I can't wait to see what happens. And especially, Christopher, when I see one of Russell Wilson's biggest detractors over the years hyping him up, I'm going to tell you who that is. We'll talk about it coming up right after the break. The Seahawks get the 32-28 win on the road, and I'm joined by Christopher Kidd, Seahawks man-to-man and producer for The Cliff and Puck Show on KJR. When I see Pete Prisco now, Christopher, hyping up Russell Wilson as MVP, yep. I know things have changed because <laughs> Pete Prisco has been Russell Wilson's biggest detractor over the years. We finally won him over, and it, it only took him going 14-0 and for interceptions through six <laughs> weeks of the NFL to, to get him on board. So I, this, it feels good to me. No, I completely agree with you. It's crazy how t- the tables have turned when you don't throw interceptions. Russell pretty much has been doing this for the past two, three seasons now. Yeah. But nobody is seeing it. I don't know why. I mean, I guess it's because the Seahawks love to run the ball. And if you guys notice watching the game, the Seahawks started the game with a lot of passes today. It was quite interesting. Their first, I think, what, four plays or first three plays were passes, which is kind of not the Seahawks way. But they're trying something new out. They still want to establish the run. But I think also getting the ball and keeping the ball in Russell's hands is only going to make this team that much better offensively, especially with the numbers he's putting up right now and with what he has. Unfortunately, Will Disley goes down. Hopefully, it's nothing severe. We'll find out more information in the next few hours, hopefully by tonight. But outside of that, the Seahawks offense is potent, and it's fun to watch. Yeah, with Disley, man. When I hear Achilles and when the way he went down, you know, not a whole lot of contact in the end zone, uh, I, I I'm concerned, man, and it just it's such a bummer because it was four games that we had of last year. You know, he's looking like he's going to be Russell Wilson's you know second favorite target behind Tyler Lockett, and you know that's man. I I hope he's okay, but my uh, just by the way he went down and knowing it's an Achilles injury, I I'm just I'm worried. Yeah, and it's 
rightfully so. I mean, Will Dixie just coming off of a, a bad injury last season. He missed entire season after a great start. And here again, he had a was cooking again, doing really well and no contact injury. It sucks. Hoping for the best for Will Disley and hoping we're not too serious. But as you put, as you put it, I mean, when you hear Achilles and they're not able to walk off on their own power, it's, it's not always a good sign, but we'll see what happens and hope for the best for, for Will. He got helped off the field, but Carson, he didn't need any help getting off the field. 124 yards on the day, 24 attempts. He had the touchdown right there at the goal line. Nice to see him pick up a short yardage touchdown. The Seahawks, man, they've been having trouble with short yardage, even with Carson in the backfield. We had one play where I think they tried ProSize up the middle. He got uh, stuffed and they fumbled the football. And uh, gosh, it felt like the Browns are going to get back in it at that point too. But uh, yeah, just let's talk about Chris Carson and the day that he had because another physical game, you know, not just on the ground, but uh, four catches, 35 yards. So yeah, 28 touches overall and over 150 yards on the day. Yeah. Chris Carson, everyone was worried about him fumbling. And the thing with Carson is he is a young player. You can't instill the worry about fumbles. What you do is you keep giving him the opportunity and you see how he does. And you can see the last two games, he's responded with over a hundred yards in each of those games. And that's all you want from this guy. He's the bell. He's the workhorse. He's going to get his carries. And the Seahawks are also looking to, try a West Coast style where they're dumping it off to him more often, which I don't mind. If you want to do that, that's great. He's able to catch the football. He, he, he runs with his head down. The guy, he does not go down on first contact often at all. And if you're going to put these little cornerbacks up there to come and hit him, good luck. And even linebackers have, have, have felt the wrath of <laughs> Chris Carson when he's running through guys. It's awesome to see. And I think he's only going to get better. The fumbles have subsided. And let's see what we can do out of the backfield. I do like the addition of C.J. Prosize catching passes out of the backfield, although he had a fumble today, which you mentioned. I think he's going to bounce back. But Chris Carson, we know he's talented. He was in the conversation for MVP last season and deserved it. And this year, a little rocky start with the fumbles, but he is getting back into Carson form that he was last year. And that's always good to see. Uh, another guy showing up big today, DK Metcalf, that mm-hmm. first catch of his where he catches the ball and he's just pushing guys out of the way on his way down the field for a, a 30 yard catch, uh, 69 yards on the day, four or five on his catches. You know, it's, it's good to see, you know, with, with Disley being down, it was good to see guys like Tyler Lockett with, with 75 yards on the day, Metcalf. And then uh, the guy who was filling in with catching touchdowns, Jerron Brown with two touchdowns on the day. Yeah. I tweeted out today earlier before the game started that, I know everyone's saying that, oh, this is going to be a big day for Tyler Lockett, but another player to look out for is DK because he is physically a monster, and those corners have no shot against him. And literally when they threw him, his first play was third and two at the Cleveland 42, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, third and and two at the 42, quick pass, right to the left of DK, got 12 yards and a little slant route. And then, as you mentioned, stiff arming. Little dude, just get off me. He's too big. And that's <laughs> that's the thing that Seahawks should always consistently go to. When it's third and short, get him in space. I don't even mind if you throw a quick one to him. If the guy's lined off, let's say the defender's about seven yards off and it's third and two, quick pass to DK. Let him catch the ball and get five, seven yards. He might get more because he is that he's so physical. And then you mentioned Jerron Brown. Mr. I just he's just Mr. Reliable. I know he had a few penalties yeah. the last few weeks, but when it comes down to it, he comes up big, and that's why the Seahawks have started him. Everyone was saying, oh, maybe Jerron Brown, I don't know. 
is he still good? Is he this and that? Yes, he is. There's just a lot of there's a lot of talent on the Seahawks team. You look around, you got Chris Carson, right? You got Tyler Lockett, who is continuing to prove a point that he is a deadly weapon in the Seahawks offense. You have yeah, DK now, who is only going to get better week in, week out, especially once he understands the Seahawks system. You got a young guy, Malik Turner, who for the most part, he did have a huge job today, but he made up with it in recovering the punt that was blocked today. Jerron Brown, right on cue again. Corner touchdown. This is what you want to see from this guy. And he's definitely someone that, yeah, he's having a rough few games, but when it comes down to it, there's a reason why he had two touchdowns today. He knows what Russ is looking for, and he's able to find a hole in the defense. And he did it when Russ was scrambling around, and somehow you see him waving his hand, clapping his hand because he's wide open because he found a soft spot in the zone. More word of advice, I wouldn't run zone against the Seahawks and rush four guys. It just doesn't work out in your favor. The receivers are able to find holes in your zone, and that's what makes the Seahawks a deadly team because they are able to – you're going to run zone on them. They get, they get a chance to run around. It's very hard to play zone defense, not get to the quarterback and stop them. Very hard. Not, it's not done often. You know, just to point out another amazing play by DK Metcalf in this game, the one on the sidelines where mm. he just gets the toe trap, you know, the toe drag swag on the sideline. Uh, nice to see that from, from Metcalf. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone that says, oh, yeah, questionable hands. Yeah, he dropped one earlier. And then I guess you can take Trump at the end of the game. But that play that he made there, that was huge. And that's why the Seahawks drafted him. He keeps, he proves everyone wrong. And it's awesome to see. And it's, he's only going to get better. We're in week six of the NFL. I think in December, he's going to be a serious threat. I mean, he is that talented. And that catch, I mean, dragging the feet, focusing, bringing it in. That's what you want out of him. And that's why the Seahawks drafted this guy, because he was definitely a talent. And he's only going to get better. And I recognize the talent. I was just, I, there just felt like so much hype in yeah. the offseason for DK Metcalf. And I wasn't ready, you know, to, for a rookie, you know, buying in on that kind of hype for a rookie receiver. You just don't see it, rookies with, you know, that much playmaking ability performing in their rookie seasons, you know, other than Odell Beckham Jr. and and guys like um, Anquan Bolden. You know, you got to go back into some of those rookie seasons to see where those guys perform. And, you know, Hollywood Brown's doing a little bit for the Ravens, but... Um, you know, other than that, I, I don't know if there's anybody as a rookie who's performing quite as well as Metcalf. Yeah, and he fits perfectly in the Seahawks system as a guy that, for example, with Tyler Lockett, we know he is good at pretty much almost everything. You put him in the slot, you put him outside, and DK is slowly but surely coming into that mold of, we can rely on you to do a lot. I mean, when have you ever seen Russ go a back shoulder? He's actually working with DK on that. They, don't, they didn't run that at all today, which is a little surprising. But for the most part, I think that's going to be the goal line offense is, all right, got a six foot four DK Metcalf that's 230. Let's try back shorter to him. The corner's not going to have a chance. Or a phase. I mean, you see, the, you see where the Seahawks want to use him. And I know you mentioned a rookie coming in. I don't know. I mean, he's really fast, yes. But what else can he do? To be honest, if you're really fast, I mean, Randy, when Randy Moss came to the NFL, I'm sure you've heard this story before about him just being able to run straight ahead and have, sure. that's it. He was just faster than everybody. DK is kind of on that same level where he is just faster than everybody. But once he gets better and better, which I think he will, who knows how good he can be. And in the Seahawks system where they don't throw it a lot, that's fine. That may actually cater to his style because he's still working on 
not dropping the ball. He's still working on running better routes and crisp routes, getting open, using his speed and athleticism, because that's a big dude. Yeah. I mean, you're six four running routes. That's <laughs> I don't know anybody that wants to stand in front of him if he's looking as he's gonna run you over or is he gonna I mean, you don't know these things as a corner. The sky's the limit for DK. All I'll say is this. Come December, this guy might be a serious problem for de- for de- for defenses. Him and Tyler Lager are gonna cause mayhem. I mean, last week the Seahawks were killing in the run game against the Rams last Thursday. And it was a perfect time for a little play action call for DK. And what do you know? He puts on the Jets, wide open, touchdown. And that's what they're going to use him for. Get used to seeing that. I think that that's going to be a lot, it's going to happen a lot more often for DK just because of the Seahawks run game and their ability to get Chris Carson up the field. Defense has to come down. If your eyes in the backfield and DK does a quick post over the middle, easy touchdown every time. I want to talk about a little bit more about the defense before we finish up here, though, Christopher, because you kind of pointed out the fact that the block punt by the Seahawks, it kind of turned the tides a little bit because those first three drives by the Browns, touchdown, 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 uh, and then you get the block punt. And then the next the next couple drives before the end of the half, they're able to pick the ball off from the Browns on both of those drives. And then coming out in the second half, it, it still didn't feel like the Hawks were doing that much to to stop the Browns, but they do. Uh, they get them to fumble. They get the Anza fumble coming out after the half. Uh, then they have their one successful punt of the day. <laughs> they only they only punt twice on the day, which is, I think, why it feels like the defense really kind of struggled on the day. Uh, they turn it over on downs on that last drive. The only other touchdown drive that the Browns had in that second half was in the fourth quarter after Michael Dixon. You know, they're backed up to the one-yard line that comes off the side of his foot. Uh, they get the ball at the 24 and you know, the, gosh, right after that, I think the Seahawks had a penalty, which put the Browns right in the red zone and almost, you know, gifted them a touchdown at that point. Yeah, the defense got to improve because they can't have starts like this against other teams per se. Yeah, the Browns were a team that okay, you can definitely fight back and find your way into the game, which, which they did that, and that's good. And uh, again, I mentioned the fact that they persevered through the challenges that were displayed upon them, but against the team, I mean, the Falcons suck right now, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work, but let's say the Vikings, for example, a team that Stephon Diggs is finding his way, Adam Thielen, two good receivers. Yeah. You don't want to have a start where you're down 20 to six because they also have a really good running game and cook as well. You have, let's see the 49ers, a team that they're playing pretty well right now as well. And they have a few weapons on the offensive end and the defense is playing really well. The Rams, when you face them in December, that's another team you don't want to, be down 20 to 6 because their offense can score with basically anybody. I mean, the CR schedule is, is a little challenging at the, toward the second half of the season, but I think today they realize, hey, we just got to come out and go hard from the jump. No slow starts. And they still haven't figured that out yet. That's one concern perhaps you can throw out there. They're slow starts. They haven't really when the game has started, they're kind of behind the eight ball. Yeah. And against a really good team, I don't know if they are ready to be to come back from that deficit against a good football team when it's 20 to six against the Browns who are still figuring it out. Perfect time. You handle business. You got it done. But as the season gets, goes on and gets tougher and tougher guys are getting tired. I mean, they'll have a bye week till week 11. They're going to be playing a lot of football. They got to get it going early and maintain it throughout the game. 
Yeah, a young team with the Browns, an undisciplined team. They have nine penalties for 83 yards. I look at the Seahawks, though, and they had 10 penalties in this game. It felt like the Browns were getting penalized <laughs> twice as many times as the Seahawks, but uh, it. Uh, I guess some of those penalties may have been warranted, maybe not. Uh, you mentioned uh, Marquise Blair. The only time I noticed him on the field is when they, he was getting called for the, uh, the the Browns were getting called for the illegal blindside block, which we, I think we can all agree uh, was a missed call for <laughs> the officials on that particular play. But, you know, there were so many yeah. moments where the Browns were shooting themselves in the foot too with penalties. Oh yeah. And that goes to them being a young team, new coach, new system, everything. They're just trying to get, get it together. And that cost them. And the Seahawks aren't going to split it. Split it. They're, they're saying, Hey, we did our part. We do need to work on our penalties. See how that is. And that's something they have to get, they have to tighten up penalties and slow starts. That's another thing that you brought. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, today you mentioned they had 10. It did look like the Browns had 30. <laughs> I mean, it was just after play after play, you're wondering, dang, did the Browns just want to take a knee and end the game now? Because they keep shooting themselves in the foot. I get that the refs did have a few bad ones, but outside of that, holding here, holding here, hands to the face. I'm thinking, geez, Louise, did the coach prepare you guys at all for football today? Are you guys out here running rampant? And those are things that hopefully the Browns will figure out because this is an exciting team to watch. I mean, I enjoyed the game. It was fun. It was competitive. We got to see what Baker is really all about, minus the two interceptions. You should have, honestly, when that half is winding down, just take your time. There's no need to rush. You have all you have two timeouts, I believe, at that time. There's a minute and 20. The clock is rolling, and you're trying to score, score, score. Do you forget that Russell's on the Seahawks? <laughs> you don't want to give the guy time. And he found out why you don't want to give him time. Seahawks are able to get up three points, and they get the ball back at half. It was over after that. <laughs> Was and and when the Seahawks got the ball to uh, to end the game too, nice to see them not give it back, and uh, they get the there win. They go. go to five and one on the season, their best start uh, in franchise history, tied with the two thousand three Seahawks and the twenty thirteen Seahawks. And we know uh, where that team went. Yes, and that's that's a, that's another positive sign. I mean, this team they fought through it today, and that's a good sign. And that's what you want to see. You want to see improvement each week. You don't want to see relapses. And I think for the most part, outside of the penalties, they did a pretty good job. Penalties and slow starts, two things they Seahawks need to clean up. The pass rush was pretty much there today, but just keep your eyes on these quick guys. I mean, they got a tough matchup with the Ravens. Lamar Jackson, a guy who likes to run a lot. That will be interesting to see how they handle him. Yeah. Dennis Winston, I don't think he's going to run too much. i say pretty much on the list, you got Cam, Jameis, and Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Those three guys that can run around in the backfield as a quarterback. So I have to do better with that. Gave up a rushing touchdown to Baker Mayfield, who hasn't run one in all season. But again, don't worry about that, I guess. The Seahawks put out the win. On to the next. And the next one is the Baltimore Ravens, the Earl Thomas revenge game. Yes, and that'll be exciting. We'll see what happens. The Seahawks are probably going to be favored to win. It's going to be an exciting game. Christopher Kidd, appreciate you coming on and talking Seahawks-Browns with me. If uh, people want to tune in to Seahawks man-to-man, follow you on Twitter. Where do they go to find you? You can follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206 and that's CK206. Thank you again for having me. I appreciate it. A big thanks once again to Christopher Kidd for coming on the show. Be sure and subscribe to Seahawks Man to Man podcast. Get some more Seahawks news and check out fieldgoals.com. As Kenneth Arthur points out in one of his headlines there, Seahawks trade not having Jaron Reed for having Jaron Reed, pointing out the fact that Jaron Reed coming back for the Seahawks now after his six game suspension. He will be in the lineup for that game against the Baltimore Ravens coming up this Sunday. Also, if you want some reaction to the 32-28 victory, check out Mookie Alexander's article. 
plenty of comments there, some highlights from the game, all at fieldgoals.com. And of course, we're going to be talking to Clinton Bonner this week, three in, three out. If you know of some plays that you want Clinton to recognize in that show coming up, be sure and follow at Clinton Bon on Twitter. Use the hashtag 3i30, and we'll see if we can work that into an upcoming episode of the Field Goals podcast on 3in3out. Three three Until then, big win by the Seahawks, 5-1 and one on the year to start the season. Looking forward to seeing what else they can do moving forward. And with that, we'll talk to you soon. Go Hawks!